Hello there, and welcome to episode number 128 of Blue Jays World Update. I'm your host, Thomas Hall, and let's get you up today. All right, so it's been a minute since we last spoke, so we got a ton of things to cover. But first and foremost, since it has been a few weeks, I think we finally have to address this whole Alec Manoa saga situation that has unfolded here over the last two, three months. Um, and let's start with the recent, most recent update um, from Sportsnet's Ben Nicholson-Smith, which outlined that Alec Manoa's season is, in fact, finished because he's been undergoing multiple doctor visits the last number of weeks, really ever since the Blue Jays optioned him to AAA Buffalo earlier this month or not even earlier this month um, back in August after his start against the Guardians and so ever since then Manoa has expressed concern about wear and tear um, even potentially something more serious than that but up to this point the Blue Jays and their medical team have yet to find any sort of structural damage to Manoa's pitching arm, his his leg, um, anywhere on him. There's been no structural damage, but despite that, um, he's gotten multiple injections in his pitching arm to help alleviate some of the discomfort and inflammation that has um, been in there um, and, and plaguing him, I assume, throughout the last few months because he hasn't thrown off a mound since that last start on August 10th versus the Guardians. Um, he's been working out, but um, hasn't been pitching off a mound, throwing bullpen se- sessions whatsoever. So um, it's, it's very intriguing as to how things have unfolded here. Um, and it's just been, it's been very messy with everything that has transpired, not just recently, but over the course of the last six months, really with Manoa. Um, and I wrote a piece about this, um, at Yahoo Sports a few weeks ago and just kind of Placing blame a little bit on the Blue Jays and how they've handled Manoa this season. Um, obviously, there's a lot of blame to go around. That that much is 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 evident, right? And a large portion of that onus is firmly placed on Manoa because he's the one out there pitching. He's the one out there trying to execute, and as well, he's the one who kind of drove, was the driving force and, and not wanting to immediately report to AAA Buffalo in August after he was sent down. And not only did that nix his chances of being the Blue Jays' number six starter, a guy who they could call up if they had a doubleheader due to a rainout or whatever, um, or if somebody got injured like we saw with Yusei Kikuchi, earlier this week luckily it seems like Kikuchi will be just fine as long as he gets his 13 14 hours of sleep 
before a, a, a start. Um, so yeah, that definitely put him in a very tough position. But at the same time too, I would like to believe that Manoa's intentions of saying, look, I'm not physically in a position where I can go out there and compete is genuine. I would like to believe that because whether it's his conditioning, his body weight, whatever the case may be, um, that has put this stress on his body throughout the season, he clearly was not right. Mentally, physically, it was just all over the place for Manoa this season. And it didn't help either that the Blue Jays were very sporadic with his usage earlier in the season, right? Where they kept him up far, far longer than they should have. But that was out of necessity because of a lack of depth down at the AAA level where your only options if you wanted to take Manoa out of the rotation, say, in May, when they should have, would have been like Zach Thompson or Casey Lawrence because Drew Hutchison wasn't even with the organization at that point. So it was really just those two guys. And, and both hurlers were not pitching well in Buffalo at the time. And you already kind of know what you have, or at least had in Lawrence's case, in both guys. So, you know, from the Blue Jays' perspective, from what they had at their disposal, whether that was right or wrong, they had to stick with Manoa. But it didn't help him. It wasn't beneficial. It certainly was detrimental for his craft and for his just overall well-being where it was very obvious that his continued struggles set into his mental health and that had an impact on that as well to the point where when they sent Manoa finally down to the Florida Complex League in June it was just they had no other option he needed a reset But despite that, they gave him less than a month to get himself right before they called him back up to the majors, again, out of necessity, because it was either you continue riding with a four-man rotation and numerous bullpen games, or you bring Manoa back up and see whatever the hell he can give you, at least until Hanjin Ryu can return. And as we all know, they chose the latter of that rather than the former and I can't blame them the bull, the rotation and the bullpen were running on fumes when they did call Manoa back up but he had only had two minor league outings under his belt at that point one of which he got demolished against teenagers even though the Blue Jays were very satisfied with the underlying results from that start that being said there's no question he would have benefited from at the very least a few more weeks down in the minors making additional starts um, because the whole thing the whole concept of when the Blue Jays first optioned Manoa down to triple or down to Florida 
was that it needed to work. No matter how long it takes, this needs to work. And it didn't. And the Blue Jays are very, very fortunate that Jose Barrios and Yusei Kikuchi both endured or both have enjoyed bounce back seasons. Hanjin Ryu has remarkably come back from Tommy John surgery as early as he did and as well as he has. And the fact that you've only needed to use seven starters this season, which is by far the fewest in the majors. So, again, there's a lot of blame to be placed on both sides. I'm not going to go as far and say uh, Manoa quit on this team because from my point of view, looking at all the information we have, there are so many things we don't know that it's just completely unfair to jump to any sort of conclusion like that. Yes, could Manoa and the Blue Jays both have handled this situation better than they have? Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt they could have but at the same time too we don't know everything that has gone on behind the scenes behind closed doors so until we do until those details have been released we have to reserve some sort of judgment on this situation I know that's not how a lot of fans react and and perceive the situation that way but from my perspective that's how I'm looking at things here between Manoa and the Blue Jays at the and, and at the end of the day too even while all of this has gone on the Blue Jays have far more important things to worry about too that that's the bigger bigger aspect at hand here is even though all of this has gone on in the background with Manoa over the last few weeks almost last few months they've been in the middle of a playoff race and sure it would have been nice if Manoa could have contributed to that but ultimately that was not the case for whatever reason whether it's health or you know him being upset about being demoted due to performance-based results, whatever the case may be, Manoa is not available to the Blue Jays, at least right now. Hopefully that will change in 2024, but again, we have no idea what this situation is with Alec here, and ultimately he's going to have to put himself in a position this offseason to where he can come into spring training 2024 healthy and ready to compete for probably a back end of the rotation spot. He's not he's not going to be assured a frontline starting position because frankly, he doesn't deserve it. So the Blue Jays are going to go into next season probably without Hunjin Ryu who will likely sign elsewhere in free agency. I don't really see a reunion with the Blue Jays, but we'll see what happens there. You'll still have Kevin Gosman, Jose Barrios, Chris Bassett, and Yusei Kikuchi, who will be entering the final year of his contract. And then as for that number five spot, you'll have Alec Manoa, probably Bowden Francis, who's having a really good season. Um, 
and then we'll see. I would like to I would like to see the Blue Jays add a back end starter, whether that's in free agency or via trade this winter. There will be so many opportunities for us to discuss any um, sort of potential targets uh, in the coming months. So I don't want to go too deep into that sort of discussion just quite yet. Um, but that's kind of where things stand with Manoa. It's uh, it's really unfortunate, you know, just from the fact that heading into this season, there were a lot of expectations on Manoa, right? He set the bar for himself incredibly high after the 2022 season that he had where he was fantastic, right? Pitching to a 224 ERA, uh, a four-win pitcher, nearly eclipsing 200 innings, completing five innings or more in all 31 starts, an all-star in 2022, a Cy Young finalist in the American League. Um, you know, it, it, there was there was a lot to suggest that Manoa was going to endure some sort of regression this season, but by no means did anyone expect things to play out this way like not even close right so it's truly a shame but again he's 25 years old he'll turn 26 in 2024 um there's still a lot of room for growth with Manoa here he can still um right the ship with his his story here so um we'll see what plays out here in the next in the next chapter of this saga because frankly it's been so unpredictable it's been very hard to predict where, where this thing is going to turn next um so hopefully the drama is is you know finished but uh considering that there are so many unknowns left um, I wouldn't be shocked if we continue to hear details um, throughout the offseason and, and heading into next spring. So it'll definitely be a situation worth monitoring um, as we move forward here. But again, like I said, the Blue Jays are fighting for a playoff spot here. Um, and, that, and that's truly the main focus for this team, even though I'm sure everyone has their own opinion about Alec Manoa. And I'm sure not a lot of those opinions are all that hopeful or, or positive, um, and understandably so. But nevertheless, the Blue Jays have a clear path to clinching a playoff berth in the next week and a half here, maybe even sooner. Because right now, as we sit with 10 games remaining in the regular season, the Blue Jays are at 85 and 67, holding the second wildcard seed in the American League and sitting a game up on both the Seattle Mariners and Texas Rangers. And that may not seem like a significant margin, and you'd be right in that regard. However, the huge beneficial factor here for the Blue Jays is that Seattle and Texas have seven games remaining left against each other. And Prior to this week, that series, or those two series, seemed like it was going to be bad news for the Blue Jays, where they were really going to have to 
need one of those teams to go like two and five over those seven games. But now it could go a long way in helping the Blue Jays clinch a, split, a, a clinch a playoff spot before the final few days of the end of the season because with the Blue Jays being a game up on both the Mariners and the Rangers, all they need to do is win six of their final ten and they're guaranteed at least one of the two final wildcard seeds. And I'm going to get a little mathematical here. Not too overwhelming. No advanced stats or anything. But so with the Mariners and Rangers playing each other seven times, at least one of those teams has to lose at least four times. That's just straight math. And because of that, one of those two teams will finish with at least 71 losses or 72 losses at this current moment because both are at 84 and 68. The Blue Jays, if they go 6-4, and they'll finish with 71 losses, a game up on either Texas or Seattle. So the Blue Jays control their own fate here. If they go 6-4 and the rest of the way, they're in, whether that's as the second wildcard team or the third. Either way, all they got to do is just keep winning. (laughs) That's as simple as it gets, right? You don't have to worry about any scoreboard watching, hoping that bad teams beat Seattle or Texas. All you got to do is worry about your own shit. That's it. The Blue Jays have won five in a row. They're six and four over their last 10 games. If they repeat that, they're a playoff team for the second straight season. And honestly, I'm kind of hoping they get that final wild card seed because I don't really want to have to see this team go back to Tropicana Field for another postseason series. They're obviously a much better team than they were three years ago during the 2020 postseason like by a wide wide margin but Tropicana Field is still a house of horrors for this franchise and considering that this team lost in the wildcard series a year ago I would just far prefer to play the Minnesota Twins than the Tampa Bay Rays I think everyone would Like, just going off their records, Tampa Bay has 93 wins. Minnesota's at 81, which is the fewest among any American League playoff team slash contender right now. Both the Mariners and and Rangers have three more wins than the Twins right now. That's how bad their, their team is and the AL Central is as a whole. But... Considering that the Blue Jays' playoff odds were on life support a week ago, this time last week, they were on life support after they lost four straight to Texas. In an ideal world, yes, they play Minnesota in that opening round, but 
you'll take any playoff berth you can get right now if you're the Blue Jays. And where they're sitting right now with their playoff odds at 84.3%, they're in a pretty solid position. Again, all they got to do is win six of their last 10 and they're in regardless. But if the Mariners or the Rangers do poorly this weekend and the Blue Jays keep piling up wins, there's a realistic chance that they could clinch, I believe, as early as Monday, if my math's correct. But I'd have to double check on that, maybe even triple check. Either way, the Blue Jays would be doing themselves a very, very good favor by sweeping the New York Yankees Thursday night and just absolutely putting the nail the final hammering that final nail in the coffin of the Yankees like frivolous like delusional playoff hopes if there were any Um, I know there was some like national or, or New York biased national media like trying to hypothesize that like the Yankees are like sort of like like maybe still in it but then it's like bruh they're eight games out of a wild card spot now after losing the first two games to Toronto (laughs) they can get eliminated with three more losses um actually less than that so yeah I would love to see there was there would make it would make me incredibly pleased to see the Yankees absolutely be non-competitive when they come to Toronto next week. And honestly, it would be fantastic if the Blue Jays had already clinched a playoff spot before then too. Or, you know, clinch one against the Yankees so that final series against the Rays means absolutely nothing. Especially because that means you could juggle your rotation a little bit and prevent Gosman from pitching game 162 and save him for game one of the wildcard series, whether that's against Tampa Bay or Minnesota. And you could give everyone else a giant breather too, right? At this time of the year, almost everyone is playing hurt. No one's 100% this late into the season um, we all know that the Blue Jays bullpen could use a significant rest over the last you know five six games of the season so that would certainly be uh, beneficial for this team as they look to you know extinguish their playoff demons from a season ago um, but again we're not there just yet um, the Blue Jays do have a difficult remaining strength of schedule. It's, it's the s- second hardest um, in the American League behind only the Seattle Ma- Mariners. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's not an easy road ahead by any means, even though you have a clear shot to clinching a playoff berth. You still got to beat the teams on your schedule 
right? Um, and, it, and it'd be nice too if you got a little bit of help on the out of town scoreboard as well. Um, but uh, that certainly hasn't happened the last few days with uh, the Mariners and the Rangers and even the Astros uh, all winning on Wednesday, which is really, uh, it, it really put a bit of pressure on the Blue Jays to take care of business against the Yankees, even though it was still a very close and stressful game um, against those, you know, disappointing Yankees, um, where Michael King just, he absolutely carved through the Blue Jays lineup. Seven innings of, of just one earned run, career high, 13 strikeouts, um, the majority of which were off his sinker and sweeper, which is very predictable for this Blue Jays lineup because they're just so easy to pitch against when you can effectively locate that sweeper down and away from righties um, and combine it with some sort of uh, fastball that has movement attached with it as well. Um, and his changeup was quite effective as well. So um, definitely not the type of performance you would love to see, but not an unexpected one either. Um, however, it was nice. It, it was nice of the Yankees to give the Blue Jays two runs uh, in that eighth inning where they uncorked four consecutive walks on top of a pair of wild pitches. Um, there were five walks in that eighth inning, and yet the Blue Jays could not generate or manufacture a run of their own. They had to get gifted um, one. I mean, it, it takes a... Uh, they deserve a bit of credit for, for earning those walks, even though they're pretty easy takes on those pitches that were way outside the strike zone. Um, nevertheless, they, they continued to add on and, and added three more runs in the ninth inning to save Jordan Romano from pitching in in that game that they certainly had control of, which was definitely um, nice to see. But <clears throat> again, we're still in a spot where the Blue Jays offense just isn't producing the way they need to as, as consistently as they need to in it. And it's not just the number of runs they score, right? Because if you just look at the box score, you look at the final score, oh, they scored six runs. Monday night, oh, they scored 7-1, or they won 7-1. But it also comes to when, it's also important when you're scoring those runs and, and producing that offense. Because it, it's fantastic that you're able to generate late inning runs or late game runs but this team has also been among the worst first inning offenses in baseball so down the stretch here and into the playoffs it'll be crucial for this team to take a bit of pressure off the starting rotation and provide them some early run support which they really haven't had all that much this season, or at least consistently. Um, you know, prior to Tuesday's contest, I couldn't remember the last time 
a Blue Jays pitcher has stepped on the mound with a lead. And, and to be fair, part of that is because the Blue Jays have played so many games at home um, recently. But still, there have been so many opportunities where they could have and probably should have um, generated offense early in games and just haven't and that's placed more stress on the pitching staff where they've had to fit had to log a lot of high stress innings in in tight ball games and that's ultimately taken a bit of a bit of a toll on the bullpen down the stretch here and, and a little bit on the rotation too and if the Blue Jays are able to clinch a little early here it just it'd be really nice um, if we could see a bit of a bit of a shift in that regard where we don't see this pitching staff logging as many high stress innings as they've had to all year because we know they're gonna have to do a lot of that come October. That's just the nature of the playoffs. So obviously the way their pitching staff is built, they should be able to absorb that type of workload in October and in the playoffs but it would just be huge it would be so huge to give them a bit of a breather here over this last week and a half here of the regular season Um, but then again do I expect things to change with this offense this late into the year Probably not, um, especially considering Vladdy is a little banged up here with that knee that he had an MRI on on Wednesday. So hopefully it's not too significant, especially because Vladdy has been hitting the ball pretty well um, as of late prior to the opener against the Yankees on Tuesday. He'd been hitting, hitting for a lot more power being more disciplined at the plate, not chasing anywhere near as much. His swing mechanics looked a lot more in sync than they had over the last number of months where his lower half and upper half both looked like they were churning at the same time. Um, And his pitch recognition, to me, looked like the best it had since probably the first month of the season. Um, where Vladdy's approach was just phenomenal, and then it just it went to the wayside out of nowhere. Um, so hopefully that knee injury isn't too too minor. It doesn't sound significant given the way the Blue Jays have described it here over the last few days, just calling it knee soreness, um, and that could be the fact that Vladdy plays almost every single day, whether that's at first base or as the DH I mean it's a long season right um so you're you're gonna endure some bumps and bruises and I guess a bit of a a relief is that if it is just you know general end of season soreness that it's not related to that risk that we've seen him um, draw out of the lineup a few times over his career um because of um but you never know with with uh with a knee type of situation especially for a guy who you know as a power hitter really relies on his lower half so um 
we'll see what happens. I mean, I my my spidey senses were going off a little bit after I saw Vladdy DHing Tuesday coming out of the off day. Um, and he just frankly didn't look right whatsoever running to first base in any of his plate appearances. So it did, sh did not shock me whatsoever that he was a late scratch from Wednesday's game. Um, and given the fact that the Blue Jays are going to be playing on turf down in Tampa Bay, we're probably going to see a lot more DH reps for Vladdy here over the next three, four games heading into next Monday's off day. Um, but the hope is that this doesn't result in any sort of IL stint because that would essentially end Vladdy's regular season. And especially with how much this Blue Jays offense has struggled to generate consistent offense, they just can't afford to lose their big middle of the order bat like that during a pivotal stretch like they're in now. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what the updates are prior to Thursday's finale at Yankee Stadium. Um, hopefully the MRI results come back clean and it's just, okay, Vladdy will rest you Thursday and hopefully you get back in there for Friday's game against the Rays. But um, whatever the case may be, maybe um, they need to have Vladdy ready and healthy come October um, and for that wildcard series. So if they have to rest them a few days here, you'll hate to do it, but you also have bigger sights at hand too, right? So um, we'll see. Um, there are a lot. There will be, um, I'm sure, a lot to debate regarding what to do with Vladdy here moving forward. But um, you just you gotta hope that. Uh, he doesn't miss too, too much time moving forward here with that knee injury. So we shall see. But, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it's funny. Um, to me, it doesn't feel like we're that close to the finish line of the regular season, despite having just 10 games left. But, man, I just, this, this has been one of the most, riveting and heart pounding slash breaking uh, maybe breaking is not the best term to use but just like every turn with this Blue Jays playoff run has just been like 10 years off our lives it feels like um, you know like a week ago right you have the Blue Jays quote-unquote playoff run like come to an end almost like if you look at their playoff odds they plummeted down into the low 30 percent um, by far the lowest they had been all year and it looked like the Blue Jays might be done there was still roughly two and a half weeks left but it was, it was going to be hard to come back from that rock bottom moment. And then, boom, three games later, they sweep the Red Sox in a weekend where the Rangers and Mariners also get swept in their respective series. And then it's like, damn, okay, the Blue Jays are going to show up to Yankee Stadium on Tuesday holding the second wildcard seat by a, a game. And, oh, by the way, 
if they go eight and four the rest of the way, they're guaranteed a playoff berth no matter what. It's just like that that sudden change, that rapid change after such a low moment, like season-defining moment, it seemed at the time. And to come back like almost instantly, it's just that's something we we have rarely ever seen, not just with the Blue Jays, but throughout the history of baseball. Like I can't remember the last time things have changed on a dime that quickly for a team's postseason chances. It's just it's breathtaking. It's fantastic um, for the pure entertainment value of baseball. It's exactly what Rob Manfred envisioned when Major League Baseball introduced that third wildcard seed in both the American League and, and National League. Not to mention what's going on over in the NL right now where you essentially have five teams competing for the final two spots, which is just pure madness. But now you also have a situation in the American League where despite so many twists and, and, twists and turns, all three teams deciding that, hey, you know, we don't really want to run away with this. Let's just, you know, let's keep it entertaining and keep everyone on the, on the edge of their seats um, and, and see what happens. Like, it's just, it's, uh, it's almost pure chaos, really. Um, but it's, it's what baseball people live for at this time of the season, right? Nothing is, nothing is better than competitive September baseball. Um, sure, would it be nice to be like the Braves or the Dodgers um, who already have their divisions wrapped up? But, you know, at the same time, too, there are negatives to that side as well, where both teams, despite how talented that they are, um, they're going to have to flip a switch come October. And as we've seen historically, that's not always easy to do. So, you know, when you're a team, say, like the Blue Jays, who have essentially been playing playoff baseball since the middle of September, it's a lot easier to get geared up and, and be in rhythm for that opening round. And as well, too, both the Braves and the Dodgers are going to not only have easy, meaningless final series here down the regular season, both are going to have a first round buy. So not only are they going to have to suddenly flip the switch, they're going to have to fight off rust as well. So um, yeah, would it be nice if the Blue Jays didn't have to, you know, continue to compete for their playoff lives? Sure. But, you know, like we saw with the Philadelphia Phillies last year, that's not always a bad thing, right? You can sometimes just ride a hot streak from September through almost the end of October, which the Phillies essentially did when they advanced all the way to the World Series despite losing a heartbreaker against the Houston Astros. So we'll see. Um, but hopefully the next time we talk and in a few weeks of time that we're discussing the start of a playoff series for this team. Again, fingers crossed that that's against the Minnesota Twins, but... If it's against the Tampa, Tampa Bay Rays, it's against the Rays. And the Blue Jays will just have to 
do their best to uh, to overcome all of their past history at Tropicana Field and and give the Rays one hell of a show because you know with with the talent level that's on both squads that would be a very competitive series um, even though it would certainly be a stressful one amongst uh, Blue Jays fans so but that does it for this week's episode I hope all of you will join me next time for another edition of Blue Jays World Update but until that time I'm your host Thomas Hall and thanks for listening.